Howdy, Squid Gamers. Welcome back to Atsune Miku's Crackhouse. This is episode 74. I'm your host, as always, Sam Kingma. And joining me is my best friend and co-host, the original Squid Gamer, Miles J. He was Squid Gaming before any of any of us thought it was cool. That's very true. That's very true. I was a big Squid Game and player number one in the Squid Game. Miles, real talk for a second. Did you, when you saw Squid Game trend for the first time on Twitter, did you two think, like, <laughs> yeah, why, like why are people talking about Splatoon? Why are they calling it Squid Game? That's really funny. That's yeah. really goofy. No, that's exactly what I thought. When I heard Squid Game, I was like, oh, it's Splatoon. Got it. I and, saw the, and then, you know, and then I opened it up. I'm like, oh, God damn, it's those K-pop stands at it again and immediately clicked off. Yeah. No, that, I'm telling you, was, man. Them them K-pop stands really really be, do be looking. The greatest tweet of all time is is that picture of just a bunch of toads from Mario, and it says K-pop stands be like, yo, which one's the cutest? <laughs> I love that. I love that meme. I heard a little K-pop uh, over the weekend when I was uh, visiting my college town. I'm getting uncomfortably clo- I'm getting uncomfortably close to 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 diving in. So I'm I have to keep my distance from from any and all Korean media. Sam, do you want my advice? Yeah. Instead of listening to K-pop, listen to real 90s rap music. <laughs> K-pop is 90s rap 30 years too late and sold back to you in a more attractive form because women are scared of black people. <laughs> But they're not threatened by tiny, twinkish Asian men. They go, oh, I can enjoy rap without being afraid. That's that's why women like K-pop so fucking much. This is a psychological study. It was it was done by Yale. It's all true. You can look it up. You heard it here first. Women enjoy K-pop so they can rap without saying the N-word. That's true. Oh, well, no, but they can say the N-word because there's that famous K-pop, like, meme. Oh, oh, dude, I adore that video so much. <laughs> what what do you even say? It's like sussy, su- like he says sus in it or something like that. Like something stupid. It, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, you're, we're, we're talking about the same video, right? It's the, it's, it looks like the child, children's TV show. And then, no, it, like, the beat. <laughs> It's 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 a, just a generic K-pop music video. It's like some guy in like a you know a city at night and he's rapping, but the lyrics sound like he's saying like "sussy baka," like you know. That's- oh my god! Okay, yeah. we're thinking of different stuff. Hold on, let me send you. <laughs> Are you gonna make me watch this live, like Wings of Redemption? Yes. Yes. Okay. Let me fucking find it. Um, Welcome to our audio only program. This is an audio only program. Yes. Um. Motherfucker, where is it? I found like the song. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna just send you send you a fucking time code when I find it. Did, oh, I skipped. Did I skip right to it? Did I get super lucky? Oh fuck yeah! I got. I skipped right to it. I'm a god. I've never seen this music video before, but I just I just got clicked and I got there. I got there. Great. Thank you for making my editing job so much easier today. Yeah. yeah see, you don't got to do anything. Also, yeah, I'm. The, one of the worst days of my life was waiting for you to react to the Cinderella pantsuit. <laughs> Just having to sit there and know I had to edit it. Yeah, so, so yeah, so this is the, this is the, the real shit right here. Um, All right. I'm going to listen to it now, okay? Yes. 
<laughs> yeah. I I think the all-time yeah, the all-time best like someone reacting to it is I'm pretty sure it was it was Jerma who just starts screaming into the fucking microphone so Twitch doesn't take him down. <laughs> I'm just thinking For of harassment. That. I'm just thinking of the guy who re's, who's reacting to the SpongeBob YouTube poop video with the, the ice cream, where he just he's about to eat it, and then he sees just N-word R R. No, no. What's great about that video? What's great about the video is that it's not just N-word hard R. It's N-word hard R plural, <laughs> and and he's just. The sheer shock to disappointment on his face. The amount of emotions that one face can express. Just, it's impossible to look up this video without just just typing in the worst sentence you've ever possibly typed into your YouTube search bar that isn't like dog rape documentary to find like all the cure the wolf drama. Like... You would have to type in SpongeBob. Yes, that's how you find it. That's how that's you find how you that find video. The video. And 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 obviously I'm gonna censor that. But you know what I said. That's that uh, be, that's 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 in like my top ten favorite memes of all time. It's just that video because everything about it is like perfect because you just you get a good like second and a half before he he reacts to it or like before he verbally reacts. But then there's like yeah. he looks away from the screen for just enough time where when he turns, the N word has already been on the screen for at least like a half second for us. Yeah, so and in that half second, you the viewer go through the five stages of denial that you get to then now that you fully process it you get to watch this guy do it yeah which is why it's funny you're not processing it at the same time as him you get to watch almost in schadenfreude you get to watch what you just went through happen to someone else it's it's like when i tell people to google lovecraft's cat like that's one of my favorite things to do at a party i'm just don't go to a party with me one of my favorite things to do at a party is just to be like hey you know the name of H.P. Lovecraft's cat? You should look it up. <laughs> that that's like uh that's like telling someone it's like yeah don't look up the fourth biggest island in the Philippines or some shit. Yeah, or like don't look up uh gay space movie 1992. <laughs> 1770013. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Persona 4 track 41 or Persona 5 track 41 this is <laughs> this is such a deep among us meme this is such a deep amogus meme and it's not an among us meme where like oh if you play among us it's funny like it's like no this is a so there are two kinds of among us memes there are memes about among us and then there are amogus memes and amogus memes are are family guy-esque pure force of will memes that have no yes. con the joke is among us exists and that's the joke it's i'm mr imposter i'm mr sus 
I'm Mr. Vent Crosser. Trail. I'm Mr. <laughs> I'm Mr. Among, Among Us. We haven't done that in a while. Um, but yeah, it's it's like so. <laughs> Persona Five Track Forty One is just titled "Suspicious Person." And and that's the bait is you get someone to Google Persona Five Track Forty One, and then they see it, and they get so disappointed. That's a they true. Have the, they have the exact same shit, thought as you. That that shit is like a true crossover for the fucking ages of memes. Like really think about that. It's it's a mogus. And Persona 5 track 41. It's like, do <laughs> you understand, like, the Venn diagram of people here? Yeah, who would, who who would appreciate... be into both games? Yes. Yes. And, 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 and what I mean, be into both games, like, I don't just mean, like, oh, you are aware of Amogus. I have news for you. Everyone knows Amogus at this point. Like, yeah. like le- that you are actually a fan of Amogus. And also it, Persona. To, to engage in Persona 5 track 41, because that's some shit you only find by playing the game, I imagine. Yeah, like, or, or you, you're a fan of the OST. Like, I just have to imagine that someone... And the best part about this is bow, that the meme bow, that... Bow, 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 bow. That OST? That one? <laughs> yeah. No, I meant the Persona OST, but yes. Uh, the meme that I found that that linked me to this, and this is why this is the most amazing meme I've ever seen, is that it was a Family Guy Peter Griffin running away from something meme that said, don't Google Persona 5 OST track 41, worst mistake of my life. And so the journey that I went on from this shit Family Guy meme to this Persona song and scrolling through the OST to being smacked in the fucking face with Amogus was probably one of the I I would describe the experience as spiritual molestation. Yeah. That seems uh that seems pretty close to accurate. I was so confused and it just happened to me. And I and I I and, and it was it was it it was 7 years later before I realized that that it was a crime and an awful thing that happened. That I was made to Google Persona 5 OST track 41 41? because of this family guy force of will meme. (laughs) Oh, man. So anyway, so before right before I started the show, I opened up YouTube and I was and I was recommended a video uh, by Josh Strife Plays that is simply titled, Was It Good? Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Now, my, my, and then the thumbnail is just the grand staircase, um, with, uh, with Alucard on it. And then it just says on the side, was it any good? (laughs) And, and, And now, now here's the thing. Looking at this video and looking at, because I have vidIQ, I can see the like to dislike ratio on every video. Looking at the like to dislike ratio, I understand that this is just the 37 minute review of Symphony Night that he likes the game. Like, I know that. I know that. Seeing this. But this title just has me cackling because I surely know one is asked about Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Was it good? 
<laughs> that's why like, I just games I, that that no one like, argues about. Like that's that's the thing. It's not even like Ocarina of Time, where it's this controversial game that has its haters, or like Final Fantasy VII, lo- beloved game has its haters. Yeah. Nobody, nobody thinks badly of Symphony of the Night. What worst case, they think it's, like, just okay. I've never been a single person who is like, yeah, Symphony of the Night is a shit game. It's a piece of trash. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And my and my time with that, I've only, unfortunately, put in, like, a couple hours. Definitely nothing less than good in, like, the two hours I played. And I've barely seen it. I'm like, all right, a bare minimum fucking good game so it's just so funny to... it's just clearly, funny to see, right like it's funny to see the question be asked you know yeah it's such a way and like clearly right like clearly this is josh strife's like review series was it good yeah. and i'm sure when it first started he the was it good was asked for genuine questions you know yeah, like, like Croc, Legend of the Gobbos. Was yeah, it good? was it good? Was it good? Or were we just, are we, or were we just smoking Croc? You know, uh, <laughs> you know, fucking uh, Shadow Man on Dreamcast. Was it good? Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. They should Hydro Thunder. Yeah, Didn't worthy you- of. Of, yeah, Choo Choo Rocket, worthy of reconsideration on if it was good. <laughs> Meanwhile, no one asked. There is no discourse on Symphony of the Night being anything that's not at least good or higher. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like there are certain games you just don't see people being like, hot take. I think Mega Man X isn't that good. Like, no yeah, one's it's ever like, fucking what? said that. Like, what? what? Where's this coming from? Yeah, that's not like a fun game to have like a hot take on. That's not like yeah, a, like <laughs> like Ocarina of Time. Like, and I would know personally if you if you say that's a shit game. Like, I get fucking heated. People have a reaction to that. And if you're someone who loves to get a rise out of people, that's fun as fuck. Like, it's fun to see people like me just fucking go into a frothing rage over your take. But like, you you go up to a Mega Man X fan, be like, I think Mega Man X sucks. They'll be like, what dude, the you fuck? know, you know, what my reaction to be Miles, I would just be stunned. I I wouldn't <laughs> even be like mad or anything. I'd just be like, what? How? How like, do what you is wrong with feel it? that? What is there to dislike about this game? Yeah, literally nothing wrong with this, like, 75-minute game. <laughs> like, there there are certain games that you just talk about, and, like, it's, like, baseline good. Like, once you get to the Super Nintendo era, any, like, critically acclaimed 2D platformer that people are still playing is baseline good, <laughs> good. guaranteed. Like, like you, Secret of Mana... Gonna, you're gonna be able to argue about the quality of something like that, like something super experimental, like that game, where like yeah. like that was sort of unseen and kind of new and different. But like Mega Man X was a game that out the door was a perfect formula. They had six fucking games to get this format right, and then they just added new, faster shit on top of it. They were just like, oh. The circuits plates for Mega Man 5. Let's just do that again, but with more interesting power-ups. Okay, X has cooler weapon upgrades. Sort of like what we did with Mega Man 6. Like, they had it figured the fuck out. They just had the technology. They had the technology. 
to make to make a perfect video game. And like, and yeah, I record, feel the same way about Alien Wars too. For the record, I feel the exact same way. Yeah, it's no, like, it's like they like nailed perfect. it. Yeah. yeah, I love Contra and Super C on NES. I think those games are also fucking baseline great, incredible games. But fucking Alien Wars is like, yeah, they just perfected it. They fucking yeah. did it. Um, that that's the thing about like, because we had a conversation about this. Um, and and for the record, like, I'm not, I don't love Mega Man X, but it's just because I'm not really a 2d platformers guy like i i wouldn't just because of that i wouldn't go up to sam and be like you know what i think Mega Man x is kind of mid it's like what kind of a fucking asshole would you have to it's be? like yeah no it's dude literally like the exact same way i feel about super metroid anyone who plays that game can appreciate its craft i just really don't care for the progression metroid's and, not for like, you the controls and it's just yeah. so is what it is yeah metroid's um, not for you like i've played lots of games where i was like yeah i see this is just it's not my thing there are certain games that are just, like, baseline good. And we were talking about this with, like, Contra... Because we, we had a a mild discussion. It wasn't even really a debate. We sort of just kind of weighed in where you sort of advocated for Gunstar Heroes and I advocated for the Alien Wars as to which is a more fun multiplayer experience. Yeah. And, like, and, and you were kind of talking about, like, Gunstar, like, both characters are kind of different. Like, you both play very differently. You have a lot more power-up strategies involved. Um, it's a lot less like if someone scrolls you off the screen, you fucking die. So it's it's a little bit more of a relaxed co-op experience. But then you also have these crazy bosses with more health. So it's it's just kind of a fun game to pl- where where both of you can play your best and succeed. Yeah, and you can make a lot more mistakes in uh in Gunstar too. The levels are longer, but you can just yeah take a like damage. They you have health bar or like a number. Yeah. Um, Whereas for me, I like that that Alien Wars is like so cooperative. Like like you have to be on the screen at the same time. If someone fucks up, the other players like, hang on, I got this. Like you know, like you you have to like divvy up power ups. Like when you shoot a power up thing, you got to decide who gets it. Like I enjoy that. Yeah, I will say I will say this. I I think if both because here's here's the thing with with, with Alien Wars that. It's not a problem. It's just that it's just the nature of the game that Gunstar doesn't have to deal with. I think makes Gunstar the better co-op game. Is that you can't like if you, in order to play Contra Three Alien Wars co-op, both players need to have played Contra Three before in order to to ha- like have any chance of like that's get, true. beating the game or even getting to like pass like stage three. If we're just kind of being honest, yeah, um, that's like, very true. Even if only one person knows. Contra 3, because I've done this before with, like, my friends who haven't played Contra. I'm like, dude, you gotta play this classic fucking game. We boo that and they fucking will game over on fucking stage one. Um, Because there's a lot going on. It's a, it's a, you gotta learn the game, I feel like. We're Gunstar Heroes. I sat down who with a, uh, my buddy Elmer in college and we emulated the entirety of Gunstar Heroes and there were no issues. And he's never really touched a run and gun game before, let alone Gunstar. And we were able to get through that. So I think, like, Gunstar is just a more, like, easy breezy co-op experience. It's still, like, hard, but, like, you can you can kind of, you can fail forward. Where, like, in Contra, if you fail too many times, it's back to the beginning and you gotta yeah, do it again. Yeah, that's true. You, you When you play, when you sign up for Contra, you're signing. But this is why I like Contra as, as a co-op game. Is that it's, like, you and your friend 
are Mad Dog and Bill Riser. Like, like you guys are both good at the fucking game and you're going it together and you're both playing like badass Rambo president saving dudes who are good at the fucking game and are going to get the mission done. Like that, that's why it's fun to play with like you, whereas it's fucking miserable if like you sit down with your dad and he's yeah. playing <laughs> Contra 3, the alien wars. Yeah, definitely. Contra 3 The Alien Wars definitely F'd here when it comes to gaming with dad. Uh, <laughs> would you like to nominate any S-tier, A-tier video games to the gaming with dad tier list? Oh, that's a good um, question. Well, I, immediately any racing game is, is S-tier. I was about to say, I was about to nominate, yeah, Forza Motorsport 7 uh, Dirt. to the list. <laughs> Xbox launch title, Dirt. Dirt. Blood F1 2022. <laughs> I think, yeah, racing games are just like universally easy for dads to understand. How about, uh, how about Rory McElroy's PGA Tour 21? <laughs> that, Great game for the games with dad. Great golf that works, game. Yeah. For your next Father's Day, make sure to play. F1 2020 PGA Tour. Fuck you, awesome. Yo, real real quick about the quick side tangent about those games. Shout out the uh the race fic in that like 70 minute video analysis he did of like the last decade of F1 games. Super fucking interesting if you wanted to see like what what those games are about without like having to play them. What's great about that video is that Ray Sevic is is like, just like is it Racefic? Yeah, it's Racefic. Yeah, that's his. Yeah, it's his last name. Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I don't I don't watch him enough. Um, but like I I know of his channel. But he he's sort of the I think from my observation he's like the originator of the blank ten years later kind of video format. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and he's a very like intellectual person. You watch a lot of his videos and he's very thoughtful very analytical like i see him comment on writing on games and on super bunny hop videos a lot like so he clearly enjoys those kinds of analysis but like we talked about racing games are not respected right but here's a video essayist who's who makes these very like intellectual games talking about fucking f1 and that is so sick like oh dude that he's not that he's like yo we're talking about a thing that i care about this is important to me which means the importance fucking matters and it's awesome, and fuck you. No, it's so cool. And what also I love, too, about Race Fix, same, oh, by the way, White Light is also in the same camp. Both of them have done, like, real-ass analysis videos on racing games. Like, he's, uh, Race Fix done, like, a ton of videos on the Need for Speed series and Burnout. And I know White Light has done reviews of Blur and Split Second and, like, all these forgotten, like, early Gen 7 racing games. And by the way, dude... Look up gameplay a split second. That game came out in like 2010. That game holds up. Like vi- like stunning. Like I was like jaws to the fucking floor. Like, oh my god, I can't believe this is a fucking 360 game. Um yeah, no, I love like analysis. I honestly like that's why like my mo- most of my favorite video game channels cover games in genres that I just like don't play or have have like not that much experience in. Cause like that's why I love strategy so much. Is strategy does nothing but talk about like isometric CRPGs or like really weird like 
old school M Sims that have been forgotten to time that I'm just like, ooh, this is just super interesting. Um, because I love games, man. I I want to learn about all the genres, and I can't do that watching analysis videos of fucking you know Mario sixty four. However good those may be, yeah. um, it's it's a different camp because like sometimes you do want to watch just a really exhaustive video of a game that you're really familiar with. But but I I I well, some of my favorite Super Bunny Hop videos when I was really into Bunny Hop were were was shit like um like uh, his stuff on Rainbow Six or Splinter oh, yeah. Cell like game games that I had no access to at the time. Um, some of his like retro reviews of like the Star Wars fighter pilot games. Oh, fighter pilot, dude, dude, that uh, that video about spies versus mercs is like fucking that video awesome. is so good. That's awesome. That's the exact kind of shit I'm talking about. Is like that's just not an experience you could feasibly have today, playing sp- playing old school spies versus mercs. Um, but he he went through the trouble and he did it and he you know reported back, and it's just really interesting. Uh, and it gives me a little you know piece about gaming history that I missed, because unfortunately the art form is a little is a little transient. Things yeah. come and go, and you miss and shit. It just is different, you know? Shit hits different sometimes. Yeah, I mean, we always I mean, we always talk about, like, Splatoon and stuff, how, like, Splatoon's a radically different game than when yeah. it first came out in that's, that's That's my example, and someone else has their own example, and that's, that's really something I should talk about at length at some fucking point, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Sam, I'm lazy. I... And you know what? I realized recently that I have no excuse. That I have no fucking excuse. The pandemic happened, and all the fucking people like me who are like, if only I had enough time. No, you had enough time, and you fucking wasted it. Like, well, what'd you do? Start a fucking podcast? Oh, very cool. Very cool, Miles. Why didn't, why don't you start a fucking get some bitches? <laughs> I don't know. I look all the wasted years. Yeah, Miles. yeah. Get a all podcast. Years. Why don't you get some pussy? Oh, that's good. There you go, Sam. Speaking of getting pussy, uh, I played Metroid Dread. That had nothing to do with getting pussy. I no. guess Samus is a girl, so Samus is a woman. Yeah, that kind of counts, but it really doesn't because no one's ever gonna have sex. Does she with take Samus. off her? Does she take off her clothes at the end of the game? You know what's crazy? This is the first Metroid game in which she does not take off her armor at any point, Damn. except for when you die. Okay, she doesn't take her Damn. armor off at the end. Even yeah, like even even speedrunners, like she just doesn't fucking do she it. Don't doesn't do it. Damn. Yeah. Dan, Dan, Mercury Steam trying to hide those cheeks from us. Damn, what is yeah? Shame. No, we don't get we don't get to we don't get to watch him go clap this time around. <sighs> so Game I don't want to spend I don't want to spend too much time on Dread because I have a lot of fucking thoughts on Dread, and I feel like our worst episodes are always the ones in which I'm prattling on about a game for ninety minutes. I don't want to do that. I don't want to fucking make this a shit episode. But this is one of this. Uh, this is in your wheelhouse, Sam. This is in your wheelhouse because we're about to discuss video game ratings again. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Like, like ESRB ratings? No, no. We're about to discuss because I think this game's rated T. Hang on. <laughs> I was dead ass about. Or like, wow. We. I. I mean, I, I love talking about all things gaming. ESRB is a, a little low on the list, though. But yeah, I'll talk about it. This game's uh, got fantasy violence and animated blood. It's also got Valencia Fantasia and animacion de sangre. 
So that's where that game uh, is at. Okay, Sam, good stuff. We're talking about reviews, right? Video we're talking reviews. about reviews, or at least personal scores. Okay, because this game yeah. reviewed very well across the board. I think like nines and eights. A couple. Oh yeah, lots yeah. of lots of nines for this. Yeah. Lots of nines for this game. Um, me, I beat the game and I said that's a seven. Finished the game. I said that's a seven. Um, and I thought I was done. Which now? Wait a minute, Miles. Hold on. Let's just let's just real quick just get this out there for people and be fair. Yeah, some could some would argue some might argue. I'm not saying this. I'm saying some people in the ether might argue that a seven out of ten to you is a nine out of ten to many others. That's you know what? You're not wrong. You're not because because I feel the same way. I mean, there are definitely games that I have said is a seven and I feel really good about my experience and my time with it where people will have played it and they'll be like, but that's a nine, though. And they and just and it's not that we dis and it's not like we disagree or, or on any point. It's just that their it's idea of a that, seven is is like much more harsh than our idea yes. of a seven. Yes, exactly. So like like um, so I, I I I I see the nine out of ten scores, and I know in my heart that's a seven from the reviewer. Like like that they kind of have the the same that they're at kind of a similar place that I am. Because I, I left the experience going, that was a good game, had a couple problems with it. Um, that's a seven. And I was like a little disappointed, like especially in the map. I thought the ma- I the map is I can talk about this map all day. And and I and and in fact I will talk about this map because I have some funny shit to say about it. Um But I finished the game, I was like, that's a seven. I was like, shit doesn't seem like that sequence breakable, like I don't see myself replaying this. Instantly, Tom's second look. Our our God, our th- secret third member who hasn't been on the show in ninety years, um, get on the show next week. We're running out. We're running out of content, Tom. Uh, it is. Hey, it is seventy five. That's true. We'll get we'll, him on here. We'll, we'll get him on we'll, here. We'll try try quarter centennial or whatever the fuck the seventy five is. Yeah, why not? Why not? Let's get him on here. Um, he's not going to be on here next week because neither of us are going <laughs> to coordinate that. Because we'll forget. We're get yeah. lazy. Yeah. Um, but uh. Finished the game. I was like, eh, it doesn't seem that sequence breakable. Tom sends me a video of someone doing a single wall wall jump. Shit looks really tricky to do. I'm like, okay, that opens the, the game up a little bit. Next day, wake the fuck up in the morning. Try it again. Play it on hard mode this time. Now, I, now let's start with the good about this game, Sam. Because this might be one of the best flowing video games ever made. I swear to God, there is not a single point in this game in which you are not moving. You are constantly moving. Like, even when you're fucking up and, like, falling down shafts and shit, you're still fucking moving. You're still moving in one or two directions. You're still wiggling the fucking stick. You're still making some progress. If you get fucking hit, you get knocked back. You instantly... You get knocked back, and there's, like, no recovery time in the knockback. You just instantly fucking start charging forward again. So you get knocked back to safety, but you can immediately, within milliseconds, get back to attacking things. And and maybe the most genius fucking design decision of all time was they gave Samus a parry in Samus Returns and they said you know what what if she could move while parrying what if she just did a fucking flash kick that was a fucking parry and also moved you forward and someone was like that's a good idea put it in the game and it was a good idea and they put it in the game and it makes the game good Uh, this game 
flows so well. Same as schmooves. It feels great to schmoove. Definitely a, a, a one of Nintendo's best schmoovers and shakers. Right up there with Mario 64 and shit like that. Very good schmoovin' yeah. game. But I, 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 I wake the fuck up, play it again on hard mode, look up, get, get on my computer, look tech. up a list of sequence breaks and tech. Yeah. Instantly start doing the single wall, wall jump. It's the hardest fucking thing I've ever done in my life and I instantly give up because I can't see any application for it. <laughs> There's a shit ton of other tech in this game that you can do that just allows you to fucking sequence break the shit out of everything. Beat the game. My first playthrough was like 12 hours. I 100%ed it because it marks 100% on your on your map for every area. Okay, you have all oh, the okay. items in this area. Very good. You're done. Get the fuck out of here. Um, go on to the next one. Uh, so 100%ed it. Took 12 hours. Next up, replay it again on hard mode. Beat it in six and a half hours this time. 100%ed again. And I said... That's a seven. So I go to bed. The next day I wake up. I say, I got nothing to do. Turn on my switch, play fucking dread again from start to fucking finish in one sitting. Beat the game. Cut my time down to five hours and five minutes. 100% it again on hard mode. I finished the game and I said, that's a seven. And today... Well, I was waiting on a job interview that I had to do at 1.30. I woke up at 9. I said, I have nothing to fucking do. Now, I could have done so much, Sam. I could have masturbated. I could have masturbated. I could have even masturbated if I wanted. But instead, I turned on my Switch and I played fucking Metroid Dread. I've turned it on to hard mode, sat through the entire fucking game in a single setting, and you know what I fucking said, Samuel? That's a seven. That's a seven, baby. And it was one of the most fascinating moments of my life where I said, man, this game is a straight up fucking seven out of ten. And I played an 8.5 or nine, whatever you want to say, out of ten with Resident Evil Village. You know, I played played a, a strong seven with Lunar Nights. This game is a fucking seven out of ten. I can't believe it's probably my game of the year. Which well, I don't. I don't know what that says. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What, 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 what do you rate Village? Village is a fucking nine. It's also not my game of the year. Okay, so this is interesting. What about what's what's the X factor with Dread that that Village like? Because you only played two games. Let's just acknowledge that. Yeah. I've only played two games. Or no, let's acknowledge I only remember playing two games. I might have played something else this year. And it I left can my guarantee brain. you did not. I can like guarantee that you did not. Maybe like did you play like WarioWare or some shit? No, I did not play WarioWare. I can't because I can't imagine you 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 didn't play Scarlet Nexus, did you? No. You didn't you didn't play Tales of Arise? I did not. And and it, it okay. was a lot of it was was saving. I would have loved to play more games, but I was trying to, I'm trying to keep it close to the pocket this year. Yeah. Well, I have a, I have a fucking rant on, on, on that point. Anyways, we'll get to it in a bit, but yeah, yeah. I want I want to dig into this about, about what, what, what the fucking X factor is with dread that it's not there with, with village. Cause they're both like replayable games. Oh you know, yeah. It's no, not and I've like... replayed village a billion times. I, I replayed village five times, one time more than I replayed Metro dread. I probably have 20, 30 hours in dread and 60 hours in village. Right? Like, like what's, yeah. what is the fucking deal? And I'll tell you what the fucking deal is, Sam. Okay. It's Kino versus movement. That's, that's, not only the name of the episode so far, 
But it's also the eternal question in my brain. It's the eternal question in my brain. What is more important, Shmovement or Kino? Because let's go back to my five by five that I made a billion fucking years ago, okay? Let's go back to yeah. this. I'm going to dig it up on our fucking musty old Twitter. Hang on. You know what? No, I just, I, I remember most of the fucking games. And also, I'm not going to talk about literally all of them, because fuck it. Okay. But most of them are, are movement games. I can only think of a hand, handful that aren't. No, there's, like here's that. the thing. Most of them are combination movement Kino. Okay. Shadow of the Colossus, combination movement. I got some, Kino. I got some schmoovin'. I got that Kino. I, I got that combination schmoovin'. You know? <laughs> what a terrible fucking joke. Anyways, please. <laughs> you know, I know the guy who wrote that song. Wait, what? I swear we've talked about this. I swear to it. I swear we've talked about this. Probably not on the show, but also it's not a story. I met him once. I feel like I've been blown away by that fact before, <laughs> if that makes sense. Sam, this is a great time. I guess I'm just going to abandon my old point. We'll maybe get back to it. This is a great time to talk about the map. Your reaction to yeah. saying I got blown away by the same thing multiple times is sort of the opposite of my reaction to Dread's map, where I 100% in the game three times in a row, booted up for the fourth time, and I said, shit, I don't remember where the fuck to go. I played this game four times. This map is a psychological exercise and whatever the opposite of eidetic memory is it is definitive proof that miles might very well have the worst memory of all time is it so so is it is it metroid nes level bad no the problems are different with this the problems are okay. And I, and I I have analyzed the problems with this map because I genuinely have never in my fucking life experienced this issue of being like, I have navigated this map 90 times and I don't know where I'm going. Like, you can bet dollars to fucking donuts. I could tell you where the fuck to go in Metroid Fusion, Zero Metroid, Super Metroid, only after a couple of playthroughs. But like, I played through this shit four times back to fucking back and I was still checking my map and getting lost and forgetting power-ups and shit like that all the fucking time. Because the map rooms are giant. And they have to be. Because to maintain, you know, good flow, get get a couple of great enemy layouts in there. Map rooms gotta be big, alright? Rooms gotta be yeah. big. Now, I know I, now, I know a, a lot about, about packing something big into a very small, small little, you know, small little package, if you know what I'm saying. because Because occasionally I... I do a lot of writing, and you got you got to pack a lot of information into a single paragraph. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so like these rooms got to be big, and then they also got these little strands that that have to connect the rooms. And th most of the rooms are like this hub room with five different doors to go into that all lead to very similar places, and they're mostly connected by these itty bitty little little tunnels that that you got to. Go on your on into the map. Pull out your magnifying glass, cause it's a fucking map for ants. Look at this shit with a magnifying glass, and be like, all right, which of these three paths that are bunched up like my intestines do I gotta fucking go to to get to Dyron? Cause if I take the wrong fucking path, I'm accidentally gonna go to fucking Berenia, and I don't want to be there right now, cause I don't got the gravity suit. 
So you gotta you gotta figure out which of these fucking paths is gonna go to where. And and it's so funny because on the map, and this bothers me because I'm <laughs> um <laughs> On the map, there's a place called Gaveron, or Gaveron, right? It's like a jungle area. This shit is connected to four different fucking parts of the map. You can get to Hanubia, you can get to Elin, you can get to Ferenia, and you can get to Berenia. All from fucking Gaveron. And also- Those names suck. <laughs> yes. They're really bad. Is there no Brinstar- yeah. Norfair. Leave it to a Meridia. bunch of- Those sound like real places. Yeah. The shit you're saying is fucking gibberish. Yeah. No, it's it's all like- It's it's all just straight up. And you know what the problem is? They all end with a fucking A. Except for- Kataris, I think is the- Oh, Kataris and Elin are the only ones that don't have a fucking A. Oh, and Dairon. But Dairon and Elin both have ends. The only one that has a unique ending is the fucking S in fucking Kateris. Because otherwise you got Artaria, Berenia, Gavorin. Oh, Gavorin also has an end. So you got Gavorin, Elin, and, and Dairon. And then Ferenia, Berenia, Artaria. Hi, see, see, at oh, least, at least, Hanubia is the last area. See, at least Fusion had the bright idea to just say fuck names one through six, <laughs> one through six. But even those are really clever because you have you have a uh, sector four AQA, which is the water sector. Sector yeah. six NOC for the nighttime sector. So Memorable. all that shit makes sense. But you got a planet ZDR. ZD Project Red, you go there and you instantly glitch through the floor. <laughs> you instantly get hit by a wall of Slavic dialogue, Slavic text about werewolves. <laughs> Your introduction to this game is, is someone mansplaining <laughs> werewolves to you. So. <laughs> So you go you go to planet ZDR and instantly get fucking assaulted by A names and N names. A A A suffixes and N suffixes. Sorry, would do I take a right turn at Gavaron, Dyron, or fucking Elon? Which one do I want to go to? So the map. Wait, hold, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Can I get those names again, please? All of them? So and the, and here's the real clever part, Sam. Here's the part where, is, that, where it's A B C D E F G, right? Is that's it A B right. C D E yep. F G? That's right. Okay. Artaria, that's I was like, Wait a minute. Kateris, Dairon, um, F yeah, Ferenia, uh, Gavarin, Elin, uh, Hanubia, and then the the boss is in Itarash. I see. Now, do you uh, do you go to the areas in that order? No. No, you so don't. they just have this stupid fucking name names with this with this scheme for no reason. Sam, when I say that Berenia is the fourth area you go to, how does that make you feel? Mad! It makes you <laughs> upset. Also, the Emmy is kind of whack, but uh, but like in the beginning, it's really good, and then it gets whack, which is what happens whenever Metroid tries to do some fucking gimmicks. 
is is super metroid's the only time they ever made like a perfect game because they didn't fucking do a shit gimmick that sucks at the end because because zero mission has has the 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 zero mission part and then the part where they expect you to round the entire fucking map to get all the shit you couldn't pick up because they gated some power-ups from you. Fusion has the exact same fucking thing happen, and that shit sucks. And also, it has the SAX, who is the dumbest AI. Dude, you know you know how you can tell who has played only Nintendo games? Just from a fucking glance. Go to their YouTube channel, and if they have a video essay about how the SAX is the scariest thing they've ever fucking seen, they've only played Nintendo games. Metroid Fusion, how the SAX creates a true nightmare. No, it fucking doesn't! It's one of the dumbest AIs I've ever fucking seen. You can hop over it, and it'll turn back and forth like a fucking chicken with its head cut off. So fucking stupid idea. I love the SAX. It's such a stupid fucking idiot. Fucking stupid head dumbass bitch. Fuck the SAX. If you think the SAX is is a good mechanic. I mean, it's cool, but like, it's fucking stupid. It's not scary at all. You're a bitch. Get over it. Yeah, I think it's cool narratively. And I think there are some scenes where it's like imposing, like right at the start of the game. Like, like every time it's imposing though, it's is in a scripted sequence where it can't. Yeah, exactly. Interact with where where you Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I the I moment can't you speak interact with it, you're like, oh, it's it. dumb. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. But but Dread's got the movement, and it makes me want to replay it more often. Um and uh I mean there's there's shit I could complain about. I would love to complain about a couple things. I would love to praise a couple things. Like there's there's shit that I, I want to talk about with this game, but all that you need to know is that while I was playing it the whole time, I was playing it another game in my head, a metagame called Would Sam Like This or Not? And I was trying to figure out... <laughs> I, I I just love that you've played the game so many times, and I love that you, you must have back and forth, right? Was that... Was yeah, it really up for debate? And Was and it really Sam... like, I don't know? No, I figured out the answer, Sam. I figured out the okay. answer. You will play the game. You will enjoy the movement and the action. And you'll be like, bro, this shit is awesome. I love it. And there will be some times where you're confused by the map. And it'll annoy you. And then at some point, you'll say, yo, this game is good. And then you'll never play it again. And you won't have finished it. You'll stop sometime around Berenia. And you'll be like, man, that was good. That's a good game. And you'll never fucking finish it. And your opinion of, of, of Dread will forever be, man, that game is really good, even though you didn't finish it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty accurate to what will probably happen in reality when I do play it. Because cause I spoke with, with Tom about the game. And after hearing about it for like 45 minutes, I'm like, oh, I'm going to play this. I'm gonna, and this is immediately going to be my favorite Metroid game. Oh yeah, the, just, the only thing is all I, my he he thinks the map is better than I do, and so I'd be very interested in seeing where your map opinion lies. Yeah, I just I've just accepted because uh, yesterday was my day off, and I was just jumping around playing a bunch of stuff, to see what connected. I played a little Castlevania Circle of the Moon uh, in the Advanced Collection, and I was playing that. I'm like, this is this is pretty fun, but I hate this map shit. Like I I actually like I like just hate this shit. Like, having a fucking, like, oh, fuck. Because you play for, like, 45 minutes. And you're just like, oh, fuck. Where do I go? And then you got to stare at the map. 
and you have to systematically like go back and and be like oh fuck this was where this stopping point was where i clearly need the double jump which i don't have uh and i'm gonna get the double jump in like an hour and i'm gonna totally forget about this place and have to fucking fumble back for it that shit always bothers me but it doesn't seem like dread has a lot of that shit oh no it just seems like that shit the whole game is nothing but that shit Sam, they don't give yeah. you the morph ball for an hour and a half. Damn, I can't believe they hold that from yeah. you. Yeah, no, so and long. and the best part is there is nothing but morph ball spaces in Artaria, and you just gotta look at them, and you gotta hope that you remember them in this bunched up fucking map, and and you just gotta hope that you fucking find them again. You do have to revisit each area like at least once, partially if if not just to just to transition through them to get somewhere else. But like yeah. the game is like nothing but like power up gating. And and there have only been two power ups that have been deemed completely skippable in the game. Now in Super Metroid, fucking every power up is fucking skippable. In Metroid Zero Mission, literally every power up is fucking skippable except for the space jump. Everything like you can literally beat that game without the long beam with I think you need just the ice beam, five missiles and the space jump and you can beat the game. It's insane. That game is yeah. truly nuts. How 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 little you need. Um, and Metroid Fusion, you can... I mean, since every power-up you get in Fusion is is required to progress, you can beat that game with technically 1%, right? That That's yeah. literally, like, how the, how the game calculates percentage uh, of items found. So, Z- Dread is, is nothing but, like, the only option... The only items you can't pick up, or you can beat the game without picking up, are, are called the Pulse Radar, which you'll like. The Pulse Radar is a radar that automatically shows... All of the blocks that can be broken on screen. Oh, fuck yeah. But the thing is, you don't oh, have to stop to yeah. use it. You don't have to stop to use it. It'll highlight them, and and it'll and you can move around while, while using it, and it lasts for a good amount of time, so you can go oh, into the next fuck room. fuck yeah. Oh, you can go in the dude. next room, and it'll tell you what, what if something's breakable the moment you enter the room. Oh, I'm not even. Oh, I'm not even gonna fucking hunt for shit until I get that fucking thing, and that'll go go fucking crazy hunting for shit. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm. Oh, fuck yeah. But that's that's optional. And then the second optional item is the is the space jump, which you can technically beat the game without, but you shouldn't. Why would you want to? So you need everything in this game. You can skip the space jump. There's a couple of, of, of things you can do. There's there's what's called the spin boost, which is basically just a double jump until you get the, the space jump. It's it's basically like a little band-aid power up that keeps you keeps you busy until you until you can get the fucking space jump properly. Let's just let you get more height, yeah. Yeah. And then um, um you can use bombs and the new cross bombs, which are bombs that bomb in a cross shape up to four blocks to the right and left, up and down. So oh, it'll okay. just decimate a roll of blocks without needing power bombs. That's um, nice. But the sequence breaks in this game are nuts, and and that's why I keep replaying it. Is that like I I discovered that you can get the space jump like super early, like before you even get the gravity suit, if you know oh, what to do. Yeah. Love shit like that. And I almost all of them love... are dev intended. Almost oh, I all love of them when are you dev intended. Busted ass shit early, dude. In my games, I fucking love that. There's a, there's some, there's a really hard trick you can do in Mega Man X two that lets you get the charge shot, like the charge shot upgrade, like in the second stage, like right after you beat Wire Sponge, and it's, oh, it's awesome. It feels this so game is nothing but those. It's nothing but tricky shine sparks and tricky, uh, not wall jumps, but like tricky, you know, 
jumps and, and various things. Uh, you can jump out of a slide similar to Donkey Kong Country, and you can use that to like get a little bit of extra distance in case you need to cross a gap that is too far and requires like the spin jump or something. Oh, like like Crash Bandicoot. Yes, you can shine spark underwater, which which is cool. Like if you hold a shine spark until you get to the water, you can move through the water faster, which is something the game doesn't intend for you to do. Uh, or no, the, well, it does intend for you to do. There's a couple of skips that are clearly possible through it. They don't explain it. It, it just yeah. is a thing that you can, do, you, well, you can well, do if you experiment. It's something you can do. It's just something you'll probably never do on your own. Like, like the game will never ask you to do it, but it's yeah. possible. It's clearly in the game, and they clearly considered it. Um, no matter what suit you're wearing, you can shine spark through the water. And you, you can like turn a, around in your shine spark. If you release the shine spark, you can fucking... Whoa. You can, like, whoa. It, while it's charging, you, do a U-turn? you can... No, no, not while you're moving. But, like, if you if you hold in the wrong direction or press in the wrong direction, you just fucking move the stick in the direction you want to go, and Samus will just be like, oops, sorry, moving that way instead. Like, she'll just fucking fix that shit. Good game. I'll yeah. play it. I will play this. It's, I it's, do... I, it's my I favorite seven of all time. I, I think that's my conclusion. Is this is my favorite seven of all time. Dan, there ain't no way this game's gonna beat Gravity Rush in my book as my favorite seven out of ten. This crackheads, what is your favorite seven? Your out favorite of 10? seven out of ten. Please let us know on Twitter. We're not in Because everyone show. has just... one. Everyone's got a favorite seven. I I love this question. What is your favorite seven out of ten? Um because we all love that like, those pieces of media that we really connect with that are just like you know pretty good, but we yeah, all like, but we acknowledge are not like super great or anything, but we just love them. Yeah, my favorite cartoon seven out of ten is The Weekenders. Like that's just uh, that's just a fact. Ooh shit! I don't know if I have like a a favorite seven out of ten cartoon. I don't think or I like really TV have... show movie. Yeah, because like there's there's stuff like. I just think all the TV shows I I I like I'm a fan of are like, or like eight, eights and nines. Oh, but and like but or or shit like Riverdale, which is like I can't give that a seven. That's clearly too generous. All <laughs> yeah. right, that's clearly a little too generous. Um, by the way, dude, supernatural shit is officially coming to to Riverdale in season six. Supernatural, as in the concept like, like, of like the supernatural, the concept of the supernatural, like, not like, supernatural, not supernatural, the, show. the CW show, not that show. See, because no. those are both CW shows, and I thought, oh, that's possible, that's possible. Yeah. Castiel I mean, went to hell, came back in Riverdale. Well, here's the thing: Sabrina Spellman died at the end of her own show, went to hell, is coming back to Riverdale, which some would say is hell on earth. Um. <laughs> So but Castiel could come back to Riverdale, th- dude. They could. They could. I would love it could. if Riverdale became the CW cinematic universe. Dude, like, I would be obsessed if, like, there was one day where, like, CW is like, we're going to get literally all of our shitty fucking shows. And I want, I want everything. You know, when it's, like, at the end of fucking, uh, you know, Spy Kids 3, when, when fucking Junior or whatever is, like, send in everyone and then all the people from the previous movies come in i want like i want the fuckers from nancy drew to pull up i want the people that i want the 4400 people from 4400 to pull up i want both batwomen bitches to pull up i want 
everyone for the ultimate CW crossover event of the century, dude. You know, you know everyone. what outlines the difference between you and I, Sam? What? Is that if I gave that monologue, I would have referenced a scene from Leon the Professional in which Gary Oldman says, send in everyone. And someone asks him, what do you mean by everyone? And he goes, everyone! Like, it's a great scene. He just screams. It's awesome. Fucking awesome movie. You'd love that film. But, like, that's a respected French film by by Luc Binard, you know, very, very famous French director, beloved film of the 90s. And you were like, Spy Kids 3. (laughs) That's actually Spy Kids 3D Game Over. Spy Kids 3D Game Over. Oh, my God, Sam, I got shit to talk about related to, to bullshit 90s properties. Oh, hit me, hit me, man. Hit me, man. So I don't talk about my job on on this podcast because I don't have one. But I didn't talk about my previous job when I had one either. Uh, but because I don't. Were you working? I was working when we started Crack House. Episode one, I was working. And then episode two, the worst. No longer working. Yeah. No, episode two was called Crack House Under Quarantine, which we thought was a really cute title. And then it turns out the whole show was turning quarantined. Which he makes that like that, which is why like I genuinely love how the first episode of Crack House, uh, I uh, I control the speed in which you come, has true pilot energy, which I love. <laughs> like I love how when you watch like a, a cartoon pilot and you're like, this is the same, but it's also different and off in like these weird ways. And hey, Lois has a different shirt on in the pilot. You know, you just notice weird shit like that. Yeah, that's how episode one of Crack House is. If you listen to it, we but talk to me about your jobs. Yeah, we, like we were both commuting, and we talk about commuting to work. Sam is like not talking. It's a great episode. Great episode. Yeah. Iconic start to the uh, the show. Um, I never tell people to listen to that one. No, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> I literally always say, start at episode 10, Justin Got AIDS, work your way up. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. And then just pick and choose what sounds interesting If you want to you. start at episode 7, that works too. Episode 4, Not if so- you're really desperate to go in early. Yeah. Miles, I'm I'm super happy 90 ship has played your life this week, because I also have a piece of 90s media that played my life this week. You know, but Sam, I've done I- a lot of talking already. I'm going to let you go off first. I'm going to let you okay. go off. Okay. Now, not only is this is this a '90s piece of media that caused me a lot of strife this week, it's also revisiting. Speaking of classic crack house, an OG crack house topic and an OG crack house beloved figure. And that's Todd McFarlane's Spawn, 1997 oh, yes. motion picture. So let me just say this: that I was hanging out with my buddy Billy, who I watch all these superhero movies with. And we just finished Amazing Spider- Sony Pictures Amazing Spider-Man 1 from 2012. That game, that, uh, that game, that movie is a 4 out of 10. The game is also a 4 out of 10 for the record. Um, oh! 
the but the uh the the amazing spider-man uh video game uh based on the the hit hit movie yeah um, the spider-man ps4 game probably fares a little better oh oh, oh the, yeah spider-man ps4 is like an eight that game's great uh but what's so funny also real quick about this this fucking movie what re-watching it after because i only saw it in theaters and then never watched it again and then finally sat down to rewatch it with him and I was like trying to explain to him that like you people if you weren't there for the release of Amazing Spider-Man 2012 the amount of denial in cope over Spider-Man 3 was like so unreal at the time. Like people thought that movie was like genuinely like really fucking good when in reality it's like bad. It's just like it's not even like bad, it's funny, it's just boring and not really that interesting. It has some good scenes but it's mostly just bad and uninteresting but people just hated spider-man 3 so hard in 2011 2012 that when it came out it was like yeah it's good spider-man's back and it's like please cope harder um but yeah i was there but anyways we watched spawn right after because we needed something to watch and i'm like fuck it's 90 minutes it's only 90 minutes why not miles this movie might be the worst thing i've ever seen in my entire life hell yes Hell yes! I love to hear it, Sam. And by the way, I've never seen this film. So let me just let me just start by saying that the opening title credits He's pulling out is, his phone, guys. He's pulling out his phone. The opening title credits is perhaps the most insane shit I've ever seen. Miles, I just sent you a uh, a 10 second video on um on discord i'm sorry we'll post this on the twitter and in our discord as well this this clip you need to see how 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 they do the transitions <laughs> 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 oh oh the 90s are just right back so, it's on my screen so when so for those who who are audio only listeners in this audio only program <laughs> What I just sent Miles was a picture of the the directed by text of, of name I forgot who cares who directed this movie. Mark A. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, yeah, direct. Yeah, yeah Mark directed A-Z by Dippe. Yes, thank you, Mark. Directed by fucking Mark, and the text comes in literally like someone dragged the text in Premiere and scribbled his fucking mouse around like an insane maniac. For four whole seconds before <laughs> it's, it's legible. Timeline, it's nothing but key points. Or it's nothing but uh, keyframes. Yeah. And that's the entire opening text crawl is like text shakingly coming on screen. And there are some names that are just impossible to read because of this shit. I'm like, could you imagine being in this movie and like you you stay to the end, suck and sorry, and you're trying to watch the credits and you just can't read your fucking name because it got as like a blood stain fucking over half of the letters. Um, yeah. So opening title calls fucking crazy. Um, the CGI, which I'm sure you've seen and stuff, because it's infamous. I have seen, because it's infamous. It's, dude, let me just say this. Nostalgia critic clips don't do it justice. Reviewers, YouTube doesn't do it justice, man. How just in miles, (laughs) incomprehensible. That is the one word I would describe most of the scenes in the movie. Incomprehensible what is happening. 
Now, let me be clear that I love Spawn. I think Spawn is sick and a certified badass. Great character. However, the opening of the story does not make for good film at all. Because the opening of Spawn, if you watch the HBO animated show, which by the way came out a year after this, and the quality is insane. Like the like the ascension in quality is insane. Um, the the entire season one of Spawn is literally him coming back to Earth, being depressed that his wife got with his best friend, and they fucked and had a kid, and it's moping around the entire season as he is spoken to by the Violator, the clown, in this old fuck. About by how John he... Leguizamo, by the way. It's yeah, important yeah John Leguizamo. Who, by the way, has so much ins, like, just out of nowhere crazy CGI effects done for, like, comedy. Like, I'm talking the mask, Jim Carrey's mask shit here, Miles, that happens to Violator. And I'm just like, what is happening? Like, they didn't need to do this. They didn't need to spend money on this gross-ass scene with him. And it's crazy. He's the main character of this movie, by the way. The Violator. John Leguizamo. He's the main character of this movie. Spawn is not the main character of this movie. He's fucking feels like he's barely in it. Um, and yeah, the whole first season of Spawn is basically him just being talked to by these uh, by these players in God in, in, in like, uh, Malbolge's game uh, of, like, controlling the Earth or whatever. And Spawn is just, like, pissed that his wife fucked another guy after he died. Um, and he's like moping around sad and it's not until the end of the season where he saves Cyan's daughter from the, the, the child rapist butcher that who they set up earlier in the season. And he becomes like a, someone who's going to sort of fight back and is on the path to be like an agent for, for good, so to speak. That's how that season one ends. That doesn't make for a good film miles. So they try to do all this shit. And it just doesn't work. And it's really boring. And by the end of the movie, you're like, I was I was on another reality, dude. Another plane of reality at the end of this movie. Because it was 1.30. I'm really fucking tired. I'm finally starting to sober up. And, I, and, I, and I'm just met with this CGI hellscape. Like, literal hellscape. Of, of like, literally a JPEG of, of the Spawn costume on... <laughs> green screen background of this hellscape it's like as as the awful looking C- cgi malbolgia which I-, I can't even believe looks like that is on screen and they like f- fight it's just it was in a mess we was a mess it's like a it's like a it's like a one out of ten like truly like awful like kind of awesome only awful film it i just I, I'm stunned by it, Miles. I guess we have to do a, a watch a watch party of this. I, oh, I, dude, I would love love to watch it again and do a Krakow's commentary on it. Yeah, I would be fine with that. It's just it would just be you knowing what's happening and me reacting in real time. And and that first Krakow's commentary, for what it's worth, I like that that Krakow's commentary a lot. Oh, I like I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I I, I want to do more. I want to do more because they are fun. Well, really we got to do fun. Space Jam too. Obviously, we got to do we got to oh, do yeah. a new legacy. The the four I want to the the four I want to do. I want to do Big Fat Liar. I want to do Space Dude, Jam oh, too. Oh my god, that's what I was gonna fucking talk about was Big Fat Liar. Have you seen it? 
No, I mean I've Recently? seen it when I was a child. Of oh, course yeah, I've seen same. it when I was a child. But like same. Dude, okay, so so th- let me tell you let me take you on a journey that ends six degrees of Frankie Munez. Let me take you on this journey, Sam. Okay. Okay. So I don't tell I don't I don't talk about what I do to keep to to make money during the pandemic. I don't talk about it, but I did a lot of freelance work. Very freelance work for various creative endeavors, let's just say this much. Um, one of which involves a lot of reading. A lot of reading and a lot of notes. So I'm reading this thing that I was very excited to read. I like the premise that I got. I was excited for it. I read it. It wasn't that good. Like as far as like like the premise was good, but the execution was not there. And that's where yeah. I that's what I love to work on because that's my opportunity to be like, okay, someone's done all the work for me. So I'll just I'll just do I'll just do the rest of it. And it's like a group project. It feels great, right? Yeah. But I was reading it and and the premise was was essentially big fat liar. But the story didn't actually play out with any of the fun shit that Big Fat Liar did. And so yeah. the entire day I was just thinking like, all right, and I'm, I'm set up a call with that person tomorrow. I'm going to I'm going to give him my notes and all these things. And I said, dude, am I really going to tell someone who's like 40 to watch Big Fat Liar to understand what like what I'm seeing out of this project to like help them conceptualize the story that they have pitched me that they're telling and that they have told just not as well as a big fat liar. Fat liar. Starring because, you know, Miles, Paul what, Giamatti, Frankie Muniz, and Amanda, and Amanda Blinds. Blinds. Oh, man, Which, I had such way, a crush on Amanda Blinds growing up. Oh. Have you heard of a more 90s cast in your life? No, not not at all. Oh, it, if what, Will do, Smith was there, it wouldn't have been more 90s. Ah, that's it would hot. Be less 90s of Wilson ah, that's hot. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, man. I, I what? I, what's so awesome about Big Fat Liar is that throughout the movie, you just see uh, who just Paul DiMaggio, right? Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Thank you. Uh, Paul Giamatti. Uh, just be a dick to like fucking everyone around him. Oh, it's awesome. And it plays and it plays into the fucking climax about how. About, that's how Frankie Muniz's character gets all of them to be in on the big reveal big prank. At the end, yeah, it's awesome. It's that movie's fucking awesome. But but the and thing he hooks is, up with Amanda Blinds at the end. Which is <laughs> Amanda awesome. Blinds, dude, dude. I thought she was so hot growing up, dude. I thought she was. Well, it's, so it's funny hot. that you say that she's so hot growing up because I had the opposite reaction. I guess I don't know. It's not that opposite. Where like you, th- you wanted to be with Amanda Blinds. I wanted to be Frankie Muniz. I thought Frankie Muniz was the coolest person in the fucking world, and I was like, dude, every dude, he Frankie- gets. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Frankie Muniz in general? Oh my god. Or Frankie Muniz in this movie? You don't understand how obsessed I was with Max Keeble's big move. Yes, dude! Larry Miller plays the principal in that movie, and he's fucking awesome in it. And Josh Peck's in it. He plays the fat friend. Dude, I was obsessed with Max Keeble's big move. That I movie used that to was, be on all the time. Oh I thought that God. was the greatest movie of all time when I was like six. I don't remember a single fucking it's thing such, that happened in it. It's such a great premise that you just couldn't do today because phones. Like, yeah. Like, because of social media, you can't do this fucking story. Where you know, this funny kid's, is that, Well, continue. Yeah. Sorry. 
I was just going to tell people, just in case you haven't heard of this fucking movie, Max Keeble's Big Move. Because I know we got some younger Zoomer listeners out there. Basically, Max Keeble was this kid who was getting kind of bullied and like picked on at school or whatever. So he's like, okay, I'm going to basically cause all this havoc because I know we're moving in three days. So I'm going to cause all this havoc and do all this crazy shit. And then we're going to leave so I don't face any consequences. So he basically pulls out these pranks on the bully. He has this beef with the ice cream truck man. And he grab, fucking spills out all his fucking uh, property. And and uh, he has this crush on this like old this chick who's like two feet taller than him. Uh, and it's really... And it's this funny fucking movie or whatever. And he causes all these problems, but uh-oh, it's revealed that actually they aren't moving, and so he has to go to school and face the consequences of uh, of his actions. Uh, and that goes about as well as you'd expect. And uh, yeah, it's just a funny Disney kids movie that they made for like $2 million, and only Zoomers like us remember. Yeah, or like, frankly. I'm sure I'm sure it was yeah, savaged I, by critics. Like, I, I'm sure that Rotten Tomatoes score is in the 20s. Like, you know, there are some movies you just look back on and you're like, oh, that's a that's a 40 percenter on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I, I looked at the fucking score of, of Big Fat Liar, 44 percent. And I said, that's what I expected. No, dude, if we watch that movie, I'm going to be like, no, this movie's based. I have no, I we're think gonna that going to be a movie. fucking 10 out of 10. But the thing about it is that I have to rewatch it now for my job. I have to make sure that this movie holds up and will be understood by someone who's a lot, not a lot older than me, but, but older than me enough, like probably, you know, 30s, that like they weren't watching fucking Big Fat Liar. Dude, when I was well, six well, what if, and I saw Big Fat Liar, I was like, this is the greatest movie of all time. Now, now Miles, what, what if, because you have to watch the movie anyways, what if we just record, like do the commentary and just fucking record it? Because you have to watch the fucking film anyways. And we, you haven't seen it, and I haven't seen it, so we'll get to react to, like, all these story beats and stuff again for That's the first true. time in a decade plus. I guess, I guess and right we'll have after some this, I guess right after this is our, is our big fat liar commentary. Yeah, so I guess you can find that in the, uh, in the Discord, in the Discord link, in the, yeah. the, link in the description. But we can't end the show yet. We still got 15 no, more minutes. No, we have 15 more uh, minutes. We have 15 more minutes. It's just funny, like, thinking about, like, all these 90s and 2000s movies because there's such an energy about them. Oh, dude, totally. They just don't get from film today. Like, you would never get a movie like Rush Hour. You know? Like, Rush Hour. Rush Hour would never happen today. You well, know? Not only, not only that, but, like, no one could like. Like, if you didn't grow up in this era. Like, we, we always talk about Walkie Talkie Man by Stereogram. And how that yeah. is definitively the most 2000s song ever written. Well, you're walking in, talking in, moving in, grooving in, hiving in, hopping in, bibbing in, bobbing in, bobbing in, pass. Those aren't even lyrics. Not that yeah. anyone would know the lyrics. They're impossible no, no. to... They're, they're, to... In, they're incomprehensible. They're, they're yeah. un, un, unintelligible. That, that was the style of the 2000s, dude. Like, I, I revisited the four Fall Out Boy albums that came out in the 2000s. Okay. I revisited Take This to Your Grave. From Under the Cork Tree, Infinity on High, and Folia Dew. And, um, and to be honest, I've only ever listened to Folia Dew like once when I was a teen, and I forgot every fucking track on, on it, so I revisited it. And it is so funny experiencing Patrick Stump slowly realize the less intelligible he is 
the better his songs are, allegedly. Which I disagree with. I think Take This to Your Grave is their best album. That's that album fucking owns from under the cork tree. Also owns Infinity on High. Pretty fucking good. Folia Do, pretty fucking good. But like, Take This to Your Grave is is one of the greatest pop punk albums of all time, and that's just a fucking fact. You can fucking eat my nuts. <laughs> fuck my dog in the ass like blink 182 get fucked uh so but like like the level of 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 unintelligible that this man gets is so funny and i'd like to play a game sam and i'm gonna have to edit the shit out of this it's called what the fuck do you think patrick stump is saying right now okay i'm gonna link a couple of songs and you're gonna have to try and understand the lyrical content of them, okay? And I recommend all of our viewers play along. Oh, it sounds good. Just, you know what, fuck it. Just play the audio clip. Okay. The first one is called Bang on the Doldrums from Infinity on High. Okay. Wait, what the fuck? Wait, wait, what did he say? What? All right, you that, have to go that, back to... Wait, that's intelligible. 48, right? 48, 48 seconds. Winners down and back. Whoa, chicken. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They seen the scene. Winners down and back. Yellow chicken course. Whoa! That's what he said. Racing through the city, windows down in the back of yellowed, yellowed checkered cars. He doesn't say that. Hold on. <laughs> Racing the city. Like, he does not say city. He that does, man he, does not say city. He does say city. All right. I got I to gotta think about the next one. I got to think about the next one. Okay. Good um, fucking ward. Good fucking lord. By the way, thanks for the memories. Great, great track on this album, uh, Infinity on High. Great track. I like this album cover with the sheep with the wings on it. Very pleasant looking. Oh, yeah. No, the album cover is gorgeous. Okay. This this one is called Chicago is So Two Years Ago from Take This to Your Grave. Hey, fuck you. Chicago is definitely not two years ago. Let's see. Everything of everything is glass. Get your pebbles out. <laughs> I'm the expert. However, to voice it, <laughs> everything. Wait, what? You're ever. You're every. I think he says you're everything. I'm not. I'm a shoulder fucker. And <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, this man is in, intelligible over, over, over this guitar. I, sh- I you know, I this- should have saved this for the last one. This might be the most unintelligible lyric they've ever done. Because every pane of glass that your pebbles tap negates the pain I went through to avoid you. And every little pat on the shoulder for attention fails to mention I still hate you. 
Can you see? Do you see how I got like ten percent of it right? Yeah, you like, got do you 10%. see how like there's a couple of key weird weird keywords like pebble, uh, and shoulder that I like. Yeah, I got that part, and then I just am making up nonsense for the rest of it. Um, Christ. So this one is from nobody puts baby in a corner from uh from under the cork tree. Okay. Dude, I'm mad because he goes, keep quiet. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. <laughs> and then I'm he gonna starts get this saying one. more and then words. It's, and then it goes, keep quiet. And then the music comes back. <laughs> keep quiet. Nothing coming to me. It come Fuck. Keep quiet. I, nothing. What the fuck? Uh, he says I'm your best kept secret at some point in the song. He <laughs> says I'm your best kept secret. That's 10%. And then, uh, maybe 15, 20. The, this, you, the, this, one is, this one is deceitful because you think, okay, you think you can get it because of keep quiet. Keep quiet. Nothing comes as easy as you. Can I lay in your bed all day? I'll be your best kept secret and your biggest mistake. And then this lyric was a mystery to me until right fucking now. Hand behind this pen relive, rel relives a failure every day. <laughs> Jesus. It's so... Fucking funny that this band is the most successful band ever. Because they started out. I mean, and and here's the thing. I love I love their early discography and their arena rock sucks. But like, their their origins began by just making songs as good as possible without you needing to understand a single fucking thing that's being said. Which makes Patrick Stump really fucking fun to impersonate as a singer. Yeah, because if you don't know the lyrics, you can just start vocalizing like, Whoa! yeah, and it, but and it sounds right. That's the best part is everyone yeah. thinks that karaoke, you're doing a great job. You're just like, when I start talking about no. shoulder fucking or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun, that was a fun game. Stay tuned for round two. Never. I can't wait to truncate that into four minutes and realize that we're short on this episode. Yeah, no, we'll keep, we'll keep chat, we'll keep chat. Yeah, we'll no, keep old, we'll keep going. Old fucking, yeah, no, I never, Fall Out Boy never really connected with me. I was more of a fucking Green Day kid, which they're not really comparable acts, really. No, not particularly. I mean, a similar era, a similar 2000s energy, but very different 2000s energy. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I fucking love American Idiot, like, so much. Um, and Dookie and shit. That stuff's awesome. Yeah, Green Day, Weezer, and, like, Weird Al are, like, I grew are up with, 2000s like, picks. my early 2000s, I grew up with multiple albums from them. Uh, my, so yeah, good. my big 2000s picks were Linkin Park, Fall Out Boy, and Blink-182. Those are my oh, 2000s okay. picks. 
Yeah, see, I, I love Linkin Park now, but I got to be honest, I'm really not really that familiar with their discography. Like, I love In the End. Like, my brother and my dad and I, we all loved In the End. Oh, who that fucking song's didn't? So good. Who fucking didn't love that In might the be, End? That might be their most popular song by pure, like, everyone likes this track. Yeah, I think Numb might outdo it. Numb might outdo it. But Numb, Numb doesn't get brought up a lot, I don't think. I, Numb was my favorite song as a kid. But I don't think it gets brought up that much. Yeah, it's oh fuck yeah, they're great. Um, no, but I I I love like <laughs> well we talked about hybrid theory on the podcast a couple months ago now uh, in conjunction with strangers of paradise. Oh dude, did you see? Did you see that fucking cutscene? Oh, the Limp Biscuit one, of course. Dude, I actually like I I. <laughs> It, you know what? You know what happened when I when I was playing that game when I when I saw that cutscene, it it was so crazy. It was one of those things. Has this ever happened to you, Miles? Where where you see something, and it's just so fucking out 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 there and insane that it 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 it, it doesn't register in your brain. <laughs> yeah, it's, you don't you don't react to it at first. It, you don't react to it. It doesn't even rem- really stay in your brain register at all. Because I played through the demo the day it came out because I'm a big, you know me, I'm a big Stranger Paradise fan, love Neo, so of course I'm all about this shit. Um, And I love this fucking, this stupid, edgy, everything about it. I love all, I love the drip. I love the Nomura drip. I love everyone being upset. I love how it's the fucking most hysterical fucking JRPG party ever. Um, It's great. But... I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how, oh, it's so insane when you beat Garland, this woman like who appears as Garland shows up and she's explaining her whole situation on why she was Garland. And then Jack just goes, bullshit, pulls out his phone, plays Limp Biscuit, walks 10 feet and it turns it off after eight seconds. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that happened? Wait, what? It was like it didn't even register for me, Miles. It was so out there that when I first saw it, I was just like, okay. It didn't even like it didn't even hit for me what was even necessarily happening. I was like, this is a little weird. But then it and then it disappeared as I continued playing the demo. It didn't connect with me. It didn't hit with me the same way it did for other people. So maybe I am the perfect person for Stranger Paradise that like Limbistic can just come on Jack Garland's iPhone. And he can play a little bit of it on speaker for the for Jeb and Ash, uh, and have a good time. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, th- I think there's only certain people who can who can tolerate the edge edginess throbbing evilly in the hand of this game, um, <laughs> and and it's definitely us because you have the memory of a goldfish who got into a car accident. And I have the love of Edge of somebody who quoted Invader Zim in his fucking yearbook for middle school. Ah! Yeah, and what's fucked up is I remember every other part of the demo. Like, that's what's (laughs) fucked up. I remember both boss fights. I remember... But most of both areas that were there, but this one cutscene that, d- despite its insanity, was just like I saw it. it was just like okay, and moved on. Are you saying that you can't feel the way you did before? 
Yes. Jack Garland yes. really turned his back on you. Yeah, he really did. That scene is so funny when he just says bullshit because it's like, yeah, you tell her, Jack. I don't want to hear this shit either. I don't want to hear this stupid Nomura story no more than you do. Which is great. Let's go to the next. What's even better is that bullshit is is a is a Limp Biscuit song. Oh, amazing! Let's go fuck around in the Final Fantasy Thirteen Woods now. (laughs) Awesome game. Awesome fucking game. Can't wait. You want to talk about Yellow Card for just a second? The, There's a place off Ocean, Ocean Avenue. Avenue. My favorite band with only one song, as far as I care. I could explore their discography, and they might be really good. But why the fuck would I? But ever But why do that? would you? Why would you? It's it's like it's like one. Here's the thing: loving Ocean Avenue is based. Loving Yellow Card is cringe. Cringe. It's 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 like it's. I think that's how most people feel about the bare naked ladies. Where like people will let you get away with liking one week, people will yeah. let you get away with that one. But if you if you know any of their other songs, you're an embarrassment. Honestly, it's yeah. No, I feel, I feel the fucking same way. Uh, I there's a good chunk of these like fucking bands though where I'm like I'm really into like one song from them. Uh, like there's this, there's this one like Hawthorne Heights song I'm like kind of really into, and it's only this one track, and I'm like, yeah, everything else, I don't want to listen to it. I don't wanna, <laughs> yeah, I'll fuck it. That's that's my reaction to a number. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through my Spotify, and I'm just gonna see which songs I like from only one album, and I the probably a lot of them are just like JoJo stand names that I that I am a fan of. But like one of them is Firestarter by Prodigy by the Prodigy. It's like the only the Prodigy song I know, and I couldn't give two flying fucks about the rest of their discography because I'm just obsessed with him going. I'm a trouble starter, a pumpkin instigator. At the beginning of the song, it's so fucking funny. Um, the fucking Scrubs theme song by Laszlo Bane. <laughs> Iconic piece of yeah. music. Yeah, oh, I gotta... You, know, you know the ultimate, like, only one song band is Modest Mouse, and you know which oh. song it is. Float on. Float on, baby. But don't real people, real ones like Modest Mouse, like no indie people, people, people do like Modest Mouse. Like Modest Mouse is not like a nobody band, obviously. But like the general public has one song by Modest Mouse that they love. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I got one. Uh, Black Hole Sun. Oh yeah, by Supersonic, whatever their names are. Yeah. Uh, Supersonic Battle Cars. Uh, Super Sonic Rocket Power Battle Cars. Um, uh, Diet so- Soda Society by The Main is like the only song I like from them. Uh, there's a couple songs I like from Lit, but like... Uh, who who did Radioactive? Oh, Imagine Dragons. Yeah, that's the only Imagine Zag- Dragons song you'll catch anybody liking. Oh, dude, nowadays? Yeah, dude, they... They had they had like real pop clout in like twenty thirteen like twenty twelve. And then something fucking happened to them. Yeah, they started releasing shitty songs. Like that's literally what happened. Was they just started releasing fucking garbage and everyone stopped liking them. Uh oh, I got one Rain shout out Rain Girl by Yeji. She's like a, I think she's like a Korean uh Japanese like dance artist and Rain Girl's a great track. Um And and something something to clarify is this is different from one hit wonders. One Hit Wonders are bands that that had one song, 
and that's kind of it. Like, though, people are gonna get mad at me if they're in fucking Europe or especially Norway, but like, take on me. Aha is a one-hit wonder stateside. I know that yeah. they're popular in Europe. Everyone likes them in Europe, but here in America, the only country that fucking matters, they're a fucking oh. one-hit wonder. Deal with. Oh, it. I got, I got a couple. I got a couple actually. I love you. Aha. So, don't. I don't want to insult them. Massive shout out. Big fucking shout out to Walk Like an Egyptian. Oh, by, by the Bangles. Dude, I listen to that track. Anytime I walk, step off of a plane, I always. I thought you were to say, there. anytime I step. <laughs> anytime I anytime step. Anytime I take, take, take a stride, I listen to. I listen to tick, 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 boom, banana, oh, so hot. Then you have Nobody Rides for Free by a Rat. Which, of course, of course, is the iconic credits theme to Point Break. Uh, the <laughs> iconic ED to the, to the movie Point Break. To the In, anime insane Point Break. Song. Yeah, inc- so good. So good. <laughs> Fucking hot. And then you have, and then I Feel Fine by the Ridlin Kids, um, which is a classic, like, early 2000s, again, pop punk, like, like, if you listen to it, it's got that fucking Blink-182, like, guitar um style like riff very like it's, it, make, it would make for a great like theme song for something yeah yeah um they're great um oh 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 miles i got i got my favorite flavor of the week by american hi-fi that's a good fucking choice there she's too stoned nintendo I still want to know what the fuck that means. Sam, is, I, that, is th- that your lyric? Is that like your lyric? So fu- okay, so I'm I'm gonna out myself. I'm, I'm outing myself. I, my Reddit username is Two Stone Nintendo, and only what in my t- in my two years, only one person. Whenever I've left a comment or posted something, was like, "Hey, is that a flavor of the week reference?" <laughs> I somehow I knew you had a deep spiritual connection to the lyric. To, she's too stoned. Too Nintendo. stoned. Nintendo. I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? She's too stoned. Nintendo. What does that mean? Because one can be too stoned. I understand that one can be too stoned. But what does <laughs> it mean be? to be Nintendo? Too stoned. Nintendo. She's too stoned Nintendo. It's a Does compound. That mean she's a gamer? It's a compound word. Does that mean she's a a, a Wii a four twenty gamer? Because Bro. that sounds pretty awesome. That's based if as you ask fuck. Me. It's a based as fuck chick. That sounds like that sounds like someone I'm trying to wife the fuck up, Miles. <laughs> I do I do want to shout out one final song. Uh, Please. As as far as as far as songs that only one. Oh, oh, the the one song that people like from them, and it's song two by Blur. Woohoo! Woohoo! You know that sound. You know that sound. You know, I'm I'm gonna say it. It's not even a song people like. It's a sound. It's a sound. People like. People just like the part where he goes, woohoo! Woohoo! And I feel like they at all. It's you like you know what I feel. You know what? You know what, Miles? Similar to this. This is how I feel about Sweet Caroline. The exact same way. Oh, people. Nobody like, likes bum, bum, Sweet bum. Caroline. People like saying "bump, bump, bum," and that's what people like about yeah. that song. People yeah. don't like. They people just like the "bump, bump, bum." They don't like the track. Same way that people just like "woohoo." 
there there are some songs that people only like a sound of. That's it, what a fascinating like true statement though that there are certain there are certain songs like what about this one? This is the story, the story of, a of a girl. Yeah, people only like that part of the song. Or I don't think that this is a song people dislike. But I have two examples that that I think are perfect, which is the piano at the beginning of Five Hundred Mi- or like A Thousand Miles. Like I think people like that song. I like that song. But you oh, yeah. know, people really like the piano. But then absolutely. I, or, I, oh, oh, I got one. How about coming in the air tonight? Knocking feel like that's the only part of that song that's good. Yeah. I'm sorry, hot take. Oh, I'm spitting scalding takes today, Miles. This is the most scalding take I have. Is that song kind of sucks ass, and people just like it because the do 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 is rightfully fucking awesome. But that song sucks. Here, here's a song that I love, but there is a single sound that has utterly fucking dominated it in the cultural like zeitgeist and it is from sweet escape by gwen stefani oh iconic which is a song i like but like let's be honest if 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 you said sweet if it didn't have the woohoos and weehoos it wouldn't be as good yeah Uh, or or the part where she goes if i could escape 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 people like that part of the song people don't know a single part where gwen stefani is i guess rapping really singing really singing yeah no people don't give a shit about a single lyric in that song that isn't sung by akon or isn't escape own world see but this is a very tough and very oddly specific genre of music songs that are liked for one sound so i guess that's our challenge to the crack house people and i will post this to twitter you can hit us up on discord i'm never there and and i will read it three weeks late um what's your favorite seven out of ten and what is your favorite sound in a song (laughs) that that you don't like the rest of the song. You're just a big fan of the sound. The singular sound from the song. Sam, I would call this a very successful episode. I would too. If you want to be a true crackhead, head on down to the Twitter where we post never at Miku's Crackhouse. <laughs> And if you actually wanted to talk to me and maybe Miles once a week, uh, you can go to the Discord. Link in the description and pin down the Twitter. Uh, Please join us there and have some fun. Anyways, Michael Jackson didn't do it. Bye! Anime thighs when she opened up so wide I got a twinkle in my eye Asian pussy is so tight I just really want a pipe Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties She's only five Anime thighs when she opened up so wide I got a twinkle in my eye Asian pussy is so tight I just really want a pipe Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties She's only five Bitch, I'm about to fuck this cutie So I whip out my katana And I knock this little bitch out With just one hit like I'm Saitama Why you act like you retarded Like little bitch, I don't want drama I still hit when she says no Don't understand what she don't want Sword fighting with my penis like I'm in a fucking dojo All these bitches want me like my name was fucking Jojo Asian penis is too tiny like it was a nose show Bitch don't watch your coochie, watch anime with the bros Say though Say my motherfucking bitch I might pull up, give those thighs a little motherfucking kiss And man, if you talking shit, tell Ryuk you on a list Yeah, your sister is my groupie, she take this anime dick Okay, okay, like little bitch, I don't care if that fat ass is too deep Score a bounty on that pussy, you can call me Spike Lee Putting out fire, getting ice, bitch, I'm Todoroki And if you got some shit to say to you you can say it to me. Anime th-
thighs when she open up so wide I got a twinkle in my eye Asian pussy is so tight I just really want